Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special show. This is kind of a show unlike any other. We're talking about a, a movie that Mike and I actually watched together. And our guest tonight is a, a guy we know from Bloomington, kind of responsible for getting us into podcasting, you know, when you yeah. had us on your podcast way back in the day. Uh, but Mr. Mike Jeffers, how are you doing this evening? Good, good. It's uh, it's it's always a good time. What have you been up to since we last talked to you? Not, not a whole lot. Uh, you know. Oh, I know. Didn't you have an anniversary recently? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I, I. Let's see. I'm, I'm currently still married. That's what I've been up to. If that's nice. What you're Congratulations. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, you're good. Oh, well, thanks, thanks. Uh, nothing special this year. Uh. You know, people always like to celebrate the the, the round numbers, five, tens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, no, we like we like the sixes and the twelves. Okay. So next next year will be, yeah. <laughs> will be the big one. I think you, you guys uh, treat each other right. You guys are always posting. You're well, you're always posting pictures of the two of you out and about having a great time. So. Uh, yeah, well, I have it. I it's so it's social media addiction. I think I uh, I. I keep telling myself that I'm going to, I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Except for these five pictures. Yeah. Uh, and then tomorrow, tomorrow I'll kick it. No more, no more posting. You know, I, oh, I wait a minute. I got to say, I yeah. do kind of appreciate how, cause you'll always put like whatever you're doing. Like I'll always see you post pictures of like graffiti around Chicago or just like yeah. whatever you're doing or whatever. And I yeah. like, I kind of have the, not that I care to sh- necessarily share it on social media, but I just, I never take pictures. Like it just, yeah. it just doesn't occur to me in the moment to like take a picture. And then, so like, I'm always in hindsight, I'm like, I'm always like, Oh, I wish I had like thought to take a picture of that, but I never do. I like, I, I just never, ever take pictures almost never. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love, I love the murals that, that that's one thing I will never give up. I, I love, yeah, I I think I like I like hunting for the murals more than I like taking pictures of them. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, once once I find them, once I find them, I'm like, well, now I'm here. Now I, you know, like I have to take a picture, or else it didn't happen. Right. right yeah. You gotta, cool. yeah. Gotta take some kind of trophy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. My wife's a but, huge fan of taking photos. 
And so, like, I, I end up never taking them because I'm always like, she's got this. <laughs> she's doing it. What's the point? Yeah. Right. Just needless yeah, but, duplication. I mean, yeah, my wife, likes she likes to take pictures, too, uh, mostly when we're on vacation. And yeah. so there's a whole thing with uh, – you know, if I catch her taking a picture of something, I, I, I let her have that one. I'm like, I'm, I won't take a picture of that because yeah. she already did. <laughs> See, you should, you should Wait, just oh, start, sorry, you should start taking pictures of her taking pictures. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually the, I mean, the last time I was at the, uh, the art Institute here in Chicago, mm. I, you know, I, I, I've been there like half a dozen times and it's gotten to the point now where it's like, I don't really need to take pictures of, of, of any of this stuff anymore. Otherwise, it would just be repeats. But I, I actually found it's kind of funny to step back and take a picture of a group of people taking pictures of a famous painting. Uh huh. You know, I just think I think that's kind of funny because the painting itself is obscured by all of these people. Right. So that's I don't cool. know. It's yeah. it's just amusing to me. See, I <laughs> I always had the most fun, uh, and it would crack my kids up. All the pictures I would take would be like any sculptures or whatever. If I could get an angle where the picture was just like mostly a butt crack or just something yeah. like just yeah. something from that band. And my wife is like, why? Like what? You know, and my, <laughs> my kids are just dying. Yeah. Yeah. My kids and I are just cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> I like making little kids laugh with toilet humor, man. Oh, oh yeah. It's so good. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. But other, other than that, like, um, I've taken a break from podcasts. I, you know, I had a couple podcasts going last year, but yeah. I took a break from it. And uh, I, I enjoy, I enjoy like not having any sort of projects going for a little while, but hopefully getting back into it actually uh, might be, might be bringing the music podcast back here pretty soon. Nice. Um, we're going to do that. You know, last year we did 50th anniversary albums. Uh, this year, I think we're going to do 25th anniversary albums so that'd be 1998 okay and i feel like that's like um it's like we wanted to do a music era that we were actually part of Mm -hmm. you know you know 1972 it's all like that's before we were born this one's gonna be like that 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 you know that impressionable age 13 14 15 yeah when when music starts to become like a real part of your life yeah Are you gonna Are you gonna stick with the same like call it like quarter cinch podcast or? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. And it being you know it being nineteen ninety eight, we actually get like a a a better mix of genres because you know there yeah. are some genres that didn't exist fifty years ago. We're we're actually going to be able to talk about some uh, some good hip hop albums and yeah. maybe some like electronica slash dance yeah. techno stuff. You know. Uh, punk rock stuff like that you know yeah for sure for sure well no, no that's good yeah I, i'm i'm always interested to see you know what you guys are doing and all the different pot like the saturday night live podcast you know that was a that was a blast that was such a fun idea you know yeah but oh i want to uh, let you guys know this is actually and this is funny because we actually we recorded an episode with charlie lind a friend of ours mike who and we we recorded that one as our hundredth episode okay but because uh, you and I just went to this Bruce Campbell thing and he's touring right now and Evil Dead Rises just came out, I'm going to edit this immediately and po- and I'm going to put this episode up this week. Like I'm going to post it in two days. So this is actually the hundredth episode we're recording right now. 
Oh, yeah, and and Charlie Lynn got bumped to the one hundred and first episode. Hey, no, one hundred one, one hundred one is better. Like I said, you know, round numbers, round numbers are overrated. The one hundred ones and the one hundred threes. That's where it's at. Now, see, I, I I got into a conversation with some coworkers at my previous job, and I, you know, you you kind of assume, or I, I think most people do. I do. I'm doing it right now. You assume that whatever is the default for you is the default for all people, right? Like, if if you don't think about it, you just assume that. And whenever I'm I'm adjusting the volume on my television, I always go to an even number. It's always two, four, yeah, six, eight, right? That's always that's just what I I don't know why I just do that. Um, but this guy I was working with was telling me like, no, he always goes to odd numbers and like prime numbers if possible. And I was like, I was like, you fucking madman. What? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. which is It's totally arbitrary. It doesn't matter at all. But I was like, I was like, you do what? That's fucking wild. (laughs) You're out of your goddamn mind. (laughs) That's funny. I I once read a, a, a book by Steve Martin. It was a fiction book. And in it, the lead character had OC, like really bad OCD mm-hmm. to the point where I thought it was so funny because the wattage in each room had to be a certain num- – had to add up to a certain number. So oh like a light bulb went out and he had to go into his drawer of bulbs, but he only had like a 40 watt when it should have been a 60. He would screw that in and the character would then have to go around to all of the other <laughs> lamps and stuff and like uh, switch around. That's why. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, maybe clever, but also insane. Yeah. Insane, totally insane. Just uh, <laughs> oh god, just get that person. I wish out you'd have named that book. That was a good story. <laughs> it was by. It was written by Steve Martin. You said. Yeah, it was a fiction book by yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I only remember that though. It, it's been years. It's been years. Yeah. I remember liking it a lot. Nice. What else? What, do you, what have you been up to, Brent, since I talked to you, what, last week? Yeah, um, I did an adult thing. I bought a food saver, a food vacuum. Oh, oh, really? And like, it's so like amazing. To store stuff in your freezer? Yeah, dude, it's like, it was for $30, it was on sale. <laughs> and I've got more bags coming, I've got 100 Vacuum seal bags coming. I only, that, they were like $15. And man, I, I've been like looking up marinades and stuff. I want, they all stack like books. Like they, you, you freeze them and they stack like a book. And yeah. it just looks yep. so cool. And I want to do, I'm going to like meal prep like dinners and stuff. It's nice. getting into grilling season. So I want to get that all going and just have it ready to go. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> See, I need, my freezer. It's so, so satisfying to watch like, I mean, they call it they call it food savers, but it's really space and time savers. Yeah. I mean, yes. You're not you're not really. Well, I mean, I guess you are saving food, but the the uh, the the goal is to save time, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Cause I think it's mean it's like leftovers. You can. I guess that's. Yeah. I felt weird calling it a food saver. I wanted it to be like a vacuum <laughs> suck food thing. And it sucks your dinner off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> your dinner food has never been asked. <laughs> the food oh. bricks. <laughs> food bricks, yeah. yeah. Well, I made uh, I made for uh, dinner this week something I hadn't really made before, uh, which is like uh, carnitas, I guess it's called, right? 
So, uh, yeah. and Britt, we talked about this because I, I because it's so cheap right now, and, and groceries are so expensive. Mike, I've started. You can find like whole pork butts for like yeah. 89, 89 cents a pound. Like it's super cheap, you know. So. I've never really fucked with pork too much before, like cooking pork butt or pork chops or anything like that. But it's some of the cheapest meat you can get right now, so I've been making it a, a lot. But anyway, anyway, I I made some uh, um, some carnitas in the in my new crock pot, and it turned out really well. It's so so delicious, man. Those juicy pork butts yeah. just fall apart. They're so tasty. Yeah. Did you say you say it's the cheapest meat right now? Typically, that I can find. Yeah. I I am I have a I have my own like personal discipline going right now where I don't eat pork. Okay. Uh, I I haven't I haven't um I haven't since January first, but I January first is usually my 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 one cheat day that I allow myself to do it, and I usually go like an entire year. And I, yeah, I, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I, but then on. on on the on New Year's Eve, I will I will go to like the the best butcher that I can find, and I get you know depending on how I feel or depending on what I've wanted, you know I'll I'll get like the incredible slab of bacon or pork chops or something, and usually I'll go to this place called the Publican, mm-hmm. um, kind of downtown Chicago, and uh, yeah, and I love it and. It's just it's just a thing that I started a few years ago. I thought maybe it would be like like a doing doing one step healthy, you know, like taking that first step towards getting like healthier and then like cut out one of the red meats, you mm-hmm. know. And then uh and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is actually kind of a good thing because my wife vegeta- my vegetarian wife is always sending me videos of of people's pet pigs and being like see they are they are like one of the smartest animals like people people play and catch with their pig and and then and basically pigs are are the equivalent of dogs they really like their emotional intelligence their uh just their loyalty to their to their owners so it is pretty much like you know eating pigs is like the equivalent of eating dogs. Yeah. Well, see, I'm, I go the, I go the opposite direction because I made a New Year's resolution this year that I want to start eating dogs as often as possible. So, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you can find a dog butcher somewhere in some very shady part of Chicago. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. But that's you know that's the irony though. Uh, Pork, pork prices go down uh, the same time that I decide to not eat it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and is that because, because I, I think my grandma used to do this a bit, but my, my in-laws really do this on New Year's Day. It's a tradition for them. And I know like a lot of people have this tradition where you, you have, you cook like pork chops, you cook black eyed peas, you cook yeah. s- some kind of cabbage and you put like a silver dollar in it or like a half dollar or something and you cook it with jfk's head for some reason i don't know uh but i don't know does that play into your january 1st pork pork aganza or uh, um I, no. I i i only do mine on january 6th and it's with the jfk jr coin <laughs> trump 2024 babies <laughs> 
Oh, okay. I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> and the, yeah, <laughs> but your kids can only eat if they can storm the kitchen. Like you try to prevent them from getting in the kitchen. They have to break in. Reenact it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be <laughs> fucked up if that was like a thing in like households? They start reenacting the the insurrection. <laughs> Oh shit! Don't give them any ideas. No, no. I oh. mean, because well, why aren't there more reenactments? You know, there's like Civil War reenactments, and that's it. There, there aren't any like Vietnam reenactments or like <laughs> Korean trench warfare or not. Yeah, like no World War One. There's not even World War One trench warfare ones. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't know. Most of that, most of that took place over in Europe, so I don't know. They probably do do it over there. Yeah. The only the only reason that the Civil War reenactments is the the one that we can think of is because that was our shit. That's true. Yeah. That happened on American soil. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was trying to think. Well, the other thing that occurred to me is, which you could include this. This wouldn't make sense why we don't have reenactments of World War One or Two. But I was like, pretty much every war since World War Two, we've kind of just like lost, right? We haven't like done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah, I I can see a bunch of like I can see a bunch of uh, crazy like war thirsty, uh, you know, like three percenters or whatever they're called, oath keepers, like re- doing like Vietnam re- Vietnam war reenactments where we actually win, right? You know? And that like oh, Vietnam becomes a, the next like U.S. colony or whatever, right? That's oh, I'm like doing. in uh, uh, wasn't that was Watch that in men? the was that in the Watchmen graphic novel yeah. or was that? Yeah, it was, right? I, I saw it in the movie. Or was yeah. it? Or yeah, or was it just for the, I know it plays a big role in the TV show, the excellent HBO TV show they did, but it's been a long yeah. time since I read the graphic novel. Um, but Mike, do you want to tell us uh, what movie we're watching today? Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're here to talk about a movie. Actually. Yeah. yeah I, if we I get thought to we it. were, I, yeah, I thought we were here to talk about pork prices and uh, and January sixth. Uh, <laughs> It'll all play in. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we watched Evil Dead two recently. We did. Uh, we went to the theater, the the Vic Theater here in Chicago to see it because Bruce Campbell has a little game show called Last Fan Standing that uh, he he did a. He, it started out as an actual uh, televised show. They recorded 10 episodes, and then that was over, and they decided not to do that anymore, and he took it on the road. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, he, so he's been doing it for years, and he, he came here, and as a little special treat after the game show, he he did a little Q&A, and then he played Evil Dead 2 on the big screen. They never never got to see it on the big screen, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, it, w- it was fun. Yeah, so, so Mike and I both went to the show, uh, and, and it was, it was really fun to watch that movie with an audience and ha- like get the, get the audience reaction to all the, you know, like, like when he first puts on the chainsaw hand and like, oh, yeah. you know, huge reaction. It's so much fun. Yeah. It, it's, and it was a bunch of people who had seen this movie so many times that they, they knew that they knew what was coming up and they were, they were waiting for specific parts because, you know, everyone knew that this, the Oh, this part's coming up. Like, like everyone get ready to woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing was like, there was a guy, at least one guy. I, I I heard this from a couple guys, but there was one guy in particular sitting like back to my, to my right and back a little bit who he kept making these commentaries. Like, I don't know. It'd be like, 
uh, like after the stop motion animation dance where like Linda's dancing and then she like jumps off into the woods, right? <laughs> um, he would say stuff like, oh, where'd she go? And, but, but the funny thing was like most, m- most of the time it didn't get a laugh. So it was, yeah. it, it was just this guy like yelling stuff out and nobody responded to it. Yeah. Some, some guy that watches uh, a lot of riff tracks and thought that he could do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't work in that setting. No, no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he should have like watched watched the movie in preparation and wrote some jokes and and worked out his jokes on some other people and then brought them to the theater. Right. Yeah. See. Yeah. No. See. I think I think he just thought of some jokes and they didn't. They didn't play. This kills in my living room by myself. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always laughs at these. (laughs) (laughs) But you know. Evil Dead 2, it's a, it's a great movie, and what's interesting about it is that it, they call it Evil Dead 2, but it's not really a sequel, mm-hmm. because it doesn't pick up after the first one. It is basically just the same movie. They just redid it with better effects, and they, and they kind of, they leaned, they leaned into the silliness mm-hmm. of it a little bit more, because the first movie first movie it being like trying to be a little bit more serious because this is the first time that all of these guys even attempted to to make a real movie and uh it, it was just like <laughs> you know that it was so bad that it was kind of like laughable <laughs> and so that's what evil the two that's what's good about it is because they leaned they leaned into that more they leaned into the laughability more yeah um it, it, it's interesting too because uh, I had just got done reading both of Bruce Campbell's biographies. Like I, I read the first one uh, back in February, and it was it was basically because uh, me and another friend of mine were talking about like what, like yeah, we want to do a little bit more reading, you know, this year. And he was telling me about a biography that he's reading, and it it occurred to me that I don't read biographies. Like they've they've never really. Uh, sparked my interest yeah i'm just kind of i'm kind of more of a like how does this work? when it comes to nonfiction, i like i like history and i like how does this work or like what's going on with like the world today like yeah I, I like i like to read stuff about like climate change i like to read stuff about like labor rights and shit like that i've just i've never really been into learning about some famous person's life but then i realized like you know what there are there are a lot more there are a lot of famous people out there that I really do respect and I'd like to get their, their, uh, pers- you know, perspective on things. And Bruce Campbell was, was one of them. And it just, and as, as soon as I started reading that biography, that's when the, I learned about the show and it was, it was just sheer coincidence. And I remember when uh, I, I was telling Corey about this, you, you were like, you're like, Oh, are you, did you, did you get the tickets to the show like just now? Or you you told me about Last Fan Standing, uh-huh. and I was like I was like yeah I got tickets. And you were like, did you just go buy them just now? Like right after I told you about it. <laughs> well, no, well because because in my mind, like I was asking you to go with me, and you were oh, yeah. and you were like you were like oh yeah I got tickets, and I was like wait did you already have tickets or did you <laughs> did you just buy tickets just now when I asked you? <laughs> oh, you know. 
you know what? That's that's kind of funny because I didn't even I didn't even realize that you were you're asking me if I wanted to go. <laughs> you were just saying, "Hey, this thing is coming up," and I was like, "Yeah, cool." Well, good. All right, have fun. <laughs> so, did you guys see each other at the event? Yeah, we actually were we're we were in kind of the same not the same section, but in we were like in the same row. Yeah. So we were just kind of like right across from each other. Yeah, up on oh, the balcony because. Because the the Vic is a, I mean, it's a nice, big, old classic theater. As Bruce Campbell said a number of times, it's a hundred years old. Uh, But, but especially when you're on the balcony, like it's not that big. You know what I mean? Like you could walk the whole length of the balcony in a minute or less. Like it's, it's big, but it's, it's like, it's not that big, you know, but yeah, but, but yeah, and getting, getting back to his biographies, what was, was funny is some of the best stories in both of his books, uh, he he tells those stories on stage. Yeah. I was not I was not expecting that, but he would he was telling these stories, and I would like I would elbow my my wife who's sitting next to me, and I'd be like, "Hey, remember remember I was telling you about this?" I saw he's like he's telling the story, and I almost kind of feel like ever since he wrote those books, that's kind of become his, and and then he got this his thing where he tours around. I, I feel like it was he he would go back to these stories that he told in his books and be like this is gonna be part of my whole shtick this is gonna be part of my like life from now on is like just retelling these stories yeah but well, one, yeah and it's it, it did cool. it did feel because like that whole Q and A section like he did he did answer questions that people would ask him but for the most part it really felt like he was trying to just tie those answers back to one of those stories he could dive in, you know, like, yeah, so, that's what's funny. It's like, he didn't know what these questions were going to be. Right. Uh, but someone, someone would, would ask him a, a, a question. And my guess is that he kind of gets the same questions a lot. Yeah, I'm and sure. So, so some of these questions, he didn't know, like he, the, someone just like a question was like, who is, who's the coolest celebrity that you've ever met, you know, in your career. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he gets that question a lot, Yeah. but then he goes into this whole story about meeting William Shatner mm-hmm. and, and asking William Shatner about TJ Hooker instead of Star Trek. And that's what got William Shatner interested in him. Cause he's like, Oh, someone's not asking me about Star Trek. That whole story is in his second book. <laughs> like even, even the story about, uh, William Shatner learning how to do the the TJ Hooker car slide, right? And and, and asking the, <laughs> the asking the stuntman to fix the car so he could do it, and the stuntman shaving down the emergency brake mm-hmm. so that he could pull the emergency brake and it doesn't stop the car instantly, and he can make it skid. The the I, the whole part is in his book, and I I was like I was sitting there thinking like I know the answers to all of these questions already, <laughs> and I bet. I bet he's going. He's going to to tell the same story that I just read, and sure enough, yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> and, and I I feel like it's anybody who like a politician who's good at preparing for a debate or yeah. or yeah. you know or Brent, you and I just talked about recently how like a lot of rappers when they freestyle like it's freestyle but it'll be chunks of stuff that they've written previously that they're just kind of weaving together. Uh, you know, in, in the moment. And so it's, it's probably like, you know, he's just got all these stories in his back pocket and he just like has to figure out how to transition to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not even something to be mad about. No, 
No. Like Bruce Campbell's probably telling that story on stage right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, that's funny because I had, I had friends in Indianapolis who like they were posting on Facebook the day before that they went to see him in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be there tomorrow night. And then the next day I saw like on social media, Bruce Campbell, had, he was in like Des Moines, Iowa or something the next day. And I was like, damn, busy man. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that one of his stops was uh, Royal Oak, Michigan, and that's his hometown. Mm. And I, I, I liked that he actually went there instead of Detroit, mm-hmm. because you know, it. I mean, it's like a suburb of Detroit, but I thought it was cool that he went specifically there instead yeah. of, you know, one of the bigger venues. So that was cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure he sold out. I'm sure people drove yeah. there. And yeah. I, I highly recommend his books because. They're very cool. I mean, if you're a Bruce Campbell fan, and if you're like, if you're, if you like finding out how B movies get made, and yeah. the life of the life of B movie, not just actors, but the crews, like the people who produce B movies and the guys who grind, grind away at it, you know, and and, and it's cool, and it's a, it's a cool story too that uh, about Sam Raimi being one of these guys who just keeps grinding away, making like these B movies and having failures and going and begging people for money. And then the next thing you know, like he's big shit, you know, he's Hollywood (laughs) comes like knocking on his door and you know, he's got the Spider-Man franchise. So, but, uh, yeah, he's Bruce is, he's a great writer. He, he wrote on himself. Like, Oh really? uh, He didn't have a ghostwriter or anything. No, no. And, it's it's like it's in his voice. You can you can hear him speaking when you're when you're reading it. Um, and it's very cool. And he's 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 had a pretty cool life. Like he, he you know he left uh, you know when he went from Michigan to Los Angeles to try to, to try to make it, and then he didn't really like Los Angeles, and he he bought this like this house way out in the middle of fucking nowhere in Oregon. And uh, he's lived that he lived there for many many years, and then when he he got that gig on Burn Notice, I don't know if you guys remember Burn Notice. I, I never really watched it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was living in Oregon at the time, and so they wanted to film that in Miami. So he never had to deal. He didn't have to deal with Los Angeles. He would just like fly back and forth from Oregon to Miami, <laughs> and so so he's had he's had a pretty good. I mean, Xena and. And Hercules, those were in New Zealand. Yeah. So he's never he's never really had to deal with like Hollywood all that much. The only time he ever has to like get down to L.A. is when Sam Raimi has a cameo for him lined up. You know, yeah. One of his, one of his movies. <laughs> Which I got an, uh, one of the best stories. One of the stories I most enjoyed. And Mike, you could tell me if this is in his. It's probably in one of his books. But he was talking about how he was visiting the set of. I think it was the quick and the dead. I think he was talking about when Sam Raimi was filming that movie and Sam Raimi like pushed him into makeup and like had him get makeup and, and he like, he thought he was just visiting the set. And so he gets all this makeup wardrobe and gets, and he gets on the set and Sam Raimi has him film this scene with this. Uh, he's like, a, he, I, I forget the guy's name. I forget who it was, but it's Pat, Pat Hingle, Pat Hingle. Yeah. 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 You, you'll probably, you recognize him as commissioner Gordon from the original Batman from Tim Burton's first Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, character actor who's done a lot of stuff and then but so I guess he you know, so Bruce Campbell films the scene with him where he has to like kick Bruce Campbell in the ass and like Bruce Campbell's getting like physically assaulted. They do like 10 takes of this movie. And I guess kind of the punchline of the story is that 
you know, they film this scene or whatever and Pat Hinkle walks off and Sam Raimi tells Bruce Campbell, he's like, yeah, we're, we're, we weren't even filming that. Like we're not, it was, it was just an idea that the actor Pat Hinkle had had that he kept bringing up and Sam Raimi was like, oh, God damn it. Fine. Like, fine, whatever. We'll do this scene. And so he like gets Bruce Campbell to do it. And they, but it, with no intention of ever actually using it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In, in the book. That story is in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> like shocked. Said, he has these he has these stories he's been traveling with forever, and he, he will tell he will tell them ad nauseum, probably. Like yeah, they'll, they'll they'll never run out of gas. Yeah, but I mean, but honestly, like, don't I don't know? Don't we do the same thing to some extent? Like, I know. Oh, yeah. Like there are story there are things like Brent and I will talk about on the podcast, and I'm like. I know I've, I'm sure I've told the story on this podcast before. You know? Yeah. yeah we, Corey, you and I had a, had like a bit of a conversation the other day, one of which we've already had. Right. Like you said a story and then I said a thing and then you said, and like, and then we realized and we were like, we've had this exact conversation before. Yeah. I forget what it was. Yeah. yeah. We all do it. Yeah. We all but, do it. We're just but not. But the, the, the stories that, the, the particular stories of making the Evil Dead movies uh, in the book, he goes into great detail about it. It's it's awesome. It, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Like like learning about all of the trials and tribulations, and just like Evil Dead One was basically just torture. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, in Evil Dead Two the the monster they have like just the solid white eyes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the the main monster that's in the basement, the solid white eyes. Oh yeah, Henrietta. Like, yeah. Yeah, they they use those in the first movie as well, and that's that's kind of where they started, and that's where the the aesthetic came, and it, it kind of continues over. Those <laughs> contacts, those white contacts, that he talked about those are real hard. They're like they're kind of the state of the art, like first of their kind, and it was it was one of the things in their budget they really like spent a lot of money on. But those things are I don't know, Brent, you, you ever wear contacts? Or you're you're just no. glasses only guy. Well, that's right. I put in contacts every once in a while and, okay. and you know, you want those, you want those babies to be real soft. You want them to be uh, real wet and you want them to be real thin. And those things that they put in the monsters are none of those. <laughs> they are hard, dry and thick. And like the whole time they're in their eyes, it was just excruciating and so fucking painful. But yeah. they they did it because it, it fucking looked cool, <laughs> and that's what you do. That's what you do for art. Yeah, you go through, yeah. you go through pain. You go through it. Well, I, I read I, that, I read that they couldn't even see through those things. Oh, I'm sure they probably could if they had to. They had to like uh, rehearse constantly without them, and then yeah, and then do, do the blocking with it. Do it, yeah, yeah. do it in there. Well, uh, Evil Dead Two. The, another great scene is the the blood geyser. And he, you know, he tell he told the story at the uh, at the show, but yeah, the the whole that whole set was like built sideways so that it looked like he was laying down when yeah. he was actually standing. No, 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 it looked like he was standing up. Yeah, Brent, right, Brent, you, actually... you know the scene he's talking about where he, like he shoots the wall and the blood like shoots out of it. Yeah, no, I, okay. I, I read about this scene too. Go ahead. Okay. Like, no, no, yeah, I, I, it, it's basically it was fifty five gallons. Of fucking blood that was in a barrel, and they just they just opened up a spigot and just let it all fall onto him. And and the, Sam was like, "Hey, if you feel like you're drowning, just flail your arms around." 
And he <laughs> did feel like he was drowning. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is like he told that story uh, on stage right before we watched that movie. And then as we're watching that movie, everyone's everyone's getting ready for that part. He's like, oh, yeah, he just talked about it. And you get to that part and you realize, you realize that scene, that cut, that edit is like four seconds. Yeah. It is, if it is that. Literally, it is four seconds. Yeah. And I'm sure they dumped the entire 55 gallons onto him. <laughs> and it's, it, we're not talking just water. Like, it's like a viscous yeah, liquid. Like, yeah. I, I forget the name of it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's movie blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a great story in uh, in this book about when they're doing Evil Dead 1, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the first, like, the first time they're trying to use fake blood, they're using Cairo. Mm-hmm. They're using just corn syrup, you know, and, and they're putting the putting the uh, the food coloring in it. And he said that he he would get soaked in so much of that shit uh, during a, you know a day of takes that uh, he didn't want it to like turn into glue because it eventually turns into glue and it basically will just rip all the all your arm hair out. So he would take it off and he would put it in front of a fire and he would like let it dry. So it wasn't glue anymore. But then when he would come back later and grab his shirt, it was so – it had become so hardened. It was like candy, and one of the sleeves actually broke off of the shirt. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's like, well, that shirt's done, and you just have to do it over and over again. Right, and I heard he actually yeah. got – he got sued by Monsanto because he, he like – he absorbed so much of that corn syrup. They were like, he's actually pro- proprietary uh, uh, information in, in Bruce Campbell. That's right. I heard that he was, he was like sneezing, um, sneezing out fake blood for like a couple weeks after all that. After the guys are seen him. Yeah. In the second yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I love the fact that the reason they did the second movie is because the follow-up to Evil Dead was a movie called Crime Wave, mm-hmm. and it was a complete flop. It was it was a disaster. Uh, you know, the people that made it weren't even happy with it. Yeah, that it's one of those things where it's just sort of like your your first movie. Your first movie was fun. You know, it, it was it, it it didn't get like a lot of attention, but it got the right the right kind of attention. And then you're like, oh well, what, you can follow it up with something else. You know, a crime movie. And then it, the, the you know when your when your sophomore effort flops, you're like you know what, uh, let's just go back to the let's <laughs> go, go back, back to, to what works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Dude, I, they redid it so masterfully, and I enjoyed like from the jump. I was like on board. I love this movie. Yeah, like, this yeah. is one of my favorite. Can we call it a slasher movie? Is it? Uh, yeah, or like a splatter? Like a, a splatter? There you go. Splat, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I think it's my favorite now. Is Evil Dead Two? It, it like just from the beginning. I mean, like I had. I thought it was real funny. Like, like he pulls up with Linda, and Linda dies, and like he gets rid of the. Like that is not how you get rid of a Linda. Like if you're in like a like he's not trying to call the police or right. get out of this. He, he buries her like ten feet from the cabin. Like right. if he's trying to get away right. with anything, like he's doing the opposite of what you should do. Right. I watch crime investigations nowadays. You don't put like a. Like a like a wobbly cross. Like here's here's where my crime is. Yeah. You know? And hey, I I gotta say, uh, you know, kudos to that shovel manufacturer because you would not think that a rusty shovel in a barn could could execute a decapitation as cleanly yeah. and as efficiently as a fucking Japanese sword. Yeah, oh yeah. 
but it goes clean through. Clean off. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just try this. Yeah, you, you know, just try. Go, you know, uh, get one of those uh, <laughs> police police forensic dummies. Oh, right. Try to cap. Try decapitating it with a fucking shovel. It'll take yeah. you all day. It'll take you all day. And that's not. We're not talking brand new shovel from Home Depot. No. That thing's been sitting in the shit for decades. Yeah. Or sitting out in the yard, right? Yeah, he, he, not a, like if it had been in the shed, that would be one thing. But it's in the yard. He just grabs it while he's like, it's been out in the rain. It's been exposed to the elements, you know. Yeah. That shovel. That shovel was made by Hanzo Hattori. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. A small stint of making yard tools. Yeah. But the, can you imagine like having like he's building a rake but the movie is like the the montage of him like banging out the different prongs for the rake yeah folding yeah folding, yeah, folding the damascus steel over yeah. and over again yeah. yeah he's got his shovel his shovel he keeps it aside and then in his back he's got a smaller like a, a trowel you know that he's got it's yeah. that music for the home depot commercials playing it's like yeah. Here at Home Depot, our garden tools yeah. are made by the finest Japanese sword makers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I like yeah. I like that you brought up uh, Crime Wave and that because the whole history of this was fascinating to me, Mike. And we we we've covered Evil Dead. Uh, I don't know a year, year and a half ago. If anybody wants to go back, that yeah. episode exists. But I don't think I really dug into the history of how that these movies were made as much as I did this time. And the fact that I think you mentioned this too, when they were like raising money for the first evil dead and they would like, you know, Sam Raimi and and Bruce Campbell and uh, was it Rob taper? I guess probably Um, they would put on business suits and they would call anyone they thought had money and basically force their way in to like show them, they they made a short before Evil Dead. They made a short called uh, what Within the Woods, which was like a small a short proof of concept for for their idea, and yep. so they would like try to get these rich people or people who maybe had money to contribute. They would like kind of salesman them into like force themselves into a viewing of this movie and try and get them to to give money. And one thing I thought was interesting was I saw an interview with Bruce Campbell where he was talking like merchants, like people who own stores or shops or anything like that, like they were pretty like they were loath to invest in a movie because it's so abstract and conceptual. They're used to like paying a hundred bucks and getting like so many bushels of apples or like they pay this much money. Like they get a bunch of hammers or shovels or whatever. But so he was saying that like most of their funding came from like doctors or lawyers or dentists, uh, realtors, like people who their trade is a little more, a little more like conceptual and abstract anyway, you know, which I thought yeah, was they, really interesting. They had a lot of, a lot of dentists. He talks about a lot of dentists, <laughs> uh, uh, put in money for evil dead. And he's like, there were some, there were some guys that would call them and, and, you know, uh, bid certain amounts of money. And it was people that they never even met. Cause it would be like a friend of a, it was like a dentist friend of an, another dentist friend. And they would never even see this person. Yeah. And they just contributed money to it. So yeah, it, it was an inter- interesting way of, of dealing with stuff. And it, after reading those books, you, it, it's kind of, it was cool insight into how, how these movies get made, you know? And I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. But, uh, well, maybe, I, I will, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just gonna say, maybe there's something with dentists. Cause we, 
You know, we watched Little Shop of Horrors with Steve, Steve Martin. What's that? Oh, oh Troll oh, Two, or no, no Troll Two? That's a good example. Yeah, because Troll Two, the main, the main guy, that's <laughs> the main character in Troll Two. He is a was, dentist. Was yeah. played by a di- yeah. Maybe yeah. there's just something with dentists and horror. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, but so I was in my my history with this movie. Like, it, it's interesting because uh, I I watched Army of Darkness first. Uh, I remember that came out on video and me and my brother, we would go to, remember when the grocery stores rented movies? Oh yeah. Remember when Kroger and Marsh rented movies? I do. Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. 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 So there's a little section. Yeah. Yeah. Marsh, Marsh was like, that was our go-to because you know, our, my mom would get the groceries and at the end of getting all the groceries, like, okay, go find some movies. And we, my brother and I, uh, you know, not not quite teenagers, maybe preteens. I think is when that came out. Um, we were just we saw the it was new and we saw the cover and it was just the cover is is kind of like what made us grab. We were like, what the hell? An army of darkness. Look at this guy with the chainsaw in his hand. Yeah, like we we didn't know anything about the Evil Dead's. So we we got that. We watched it twice uh, that very night and it was just so fun. And it was only like later that I met some some friends in high school and they, you know, uh, a couple friends of mine, they told me about, they're like, Oh yeah, there's actually two movies that come before that one. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of figured that because the opening of army of darkness was like, just this, it was like this back it hits you with this backstory. And it's like, there's a ton of shit in this backstory. <laughs> and, then in this movie. Right. and they're like, Holy shit. Was that like a whole nother movie? Right. Yeah. Like, why did they just and, make that in the movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I watched, I watched them all in reverse because, because people had always told me that evil dead is not good. They're like, it's not good. Don't, don't bother with it. Oh, really? Evil dead 2. Yeah. It's like evil dead 2. Watch that one. So they're like, evil dead 2 is bad. Yeah. It, it's like, I, two is better. Two is better. Yeah. <laughs> And then so so basically, I just I just went backwards with all three movies, and that's how that's how I I saw them. That's interesting. The first time, yeah. When I, I do like I find I find that Evil Dead Two strikes such a good balance between. I mean, you know, and they've, Sam Raimi's talked about this. How their sensibilities are like founded in comedy, right? Like huge, uh, Three Stooges fan, like. And I, and I do like, I love the evil dead. And I think like a lot, it's a lot of the effects are fun. A lot of the gore is really over the top. And, but I do like how you don't have as much of that in evil dead too. And they're really playing. I feel like it's really Sam Raimi, like figuring out his sensibilities and what they are and kind of balancing that, you know, those like gory special effects with his like comedic, goofy, like slapstick sensibility, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't like the um, like the shift in tone with mm-hmm. with the new series, mm-hmm. and and I I understand their their critique, but I think that's completely fine. I, I I think I like the fact that people are now making these Evil Dead movies the in a different way, in kind of almost like the way that maybe the the original idea of them was supposed to be was yeah. they were supposed to be dark and they are supposed to be you know horrifying <laughs> and so uh, are you talking because i actually i haven't seen anything since army of darkness which i need to i didn't see the remake i didn't see i still haven't watched ash versus the evil dead so are you talking about uh, the, the remake is 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 darker you're saying yeah yeah i it, 
I and I saw I saw Evil Dead Rises like two nights before we even like went and saw Bruce Campbell. Oh, nice. I, yeah, it was just another a coincidence that I was like, oh, I, I happened to have a free day and I was going to the movies. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah, this is out. I'll see this. But yeah, they. So the 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 remake, the Evil Dead, is, twenty twenty thirteen or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and this guy, this guy, he was like a new director. Uh, he's from uh, he's from Uruguay, and Sam Raimi loved a short film that he did called Panic Attack. It's about robots that destroy a city, and they want Sam Raimi really wanted to help this guy uh, turn his short film into a feature because he he really liked this guy's style, and of course it, that ended up in like production limbo mm. and it, it, it you know the wheels were turning so slowly on it that they they started to like lose hope in it and sam was like you know what i got i got a better idea like how would you feel how would you feel doing like the evil dead remake and wow and bruce talks in this movie or bruce talks in his book about how he he knew he knew that this was like a serious thing because evil dead is is such like a it's, it's such a uh, a sacred sort of thing for Sam Raimi. Yeah. That it, it for him to like pass the torch on to someone else, he knew that like he was very serious about this, and he, he knew that it was going to be good. Yeah. And that's so, wild. So yeah, it, I I would highly recommend checking it out. It yeah, it's not it's it's not as funny, you know. I mean, it's not really funny at all. There are there's a bit of comedy to it, um, you know, just to kind of keep it light, but it. It really like once it starts getting into the like the the gore and the serious business of it, it is like way more terrifying and way more like just sort of like cringy like like you know in the in the, the original Evil Dead movies when someone gets like a hand cut off or gets like blood sprayed on them or something it's it's like it's funny it's like ah look at that you know like, <laughs> it's like it's it's a, uh, obviously a prosthetic or like you know it, it, they're just having fun with it. But this one, it's more like uh, there. There's a particular scene where like the main demon takes a box cutter and licks licks the box cutter and just like just close up, just a s- extreme close up of the tongue just being split like right down the middle. Wow. Like, licking it. Yeah, it's oh, it's super gross out factor. <laughs> but that's that's like the that's really kind of the tone they're going for in this new series, which. Which I don't mind. I understand that it's, it's, it's like people still want the campiness of it, but that's. I don't think that's uh, that says anything about the movies. I just think that's that's people preferring camp yeah. over seriousness. Yeah. Well, and I'm and I'm you know and I like, and I can impre- I, I'm I I usually come to stuff pretty open minded. With you know I don't if I when I watch the new Evil Dead movie or the, the 2013 or the one that just came out, like I feel like I would go into it not anticipating like if it's more campy i'm sure i'd love it if it's more like evil dead one more like special effects gore like i could appreciate that too you know and i think other people have said this but i found this to be true in myself like the more expectations i have on a movie which i get you could probably apply this to your life as well but like the more expectations you have going in like uh, the less enjoyable it's going to be because it's whatever like it's not going to be what you expect you know yeah regardless i I will say that the newest one, Evil Dead Rises, uh, actually went beyond my expectations because it had this thing. It, I won't, I won't like spoil anything, but there's a specific like 
uh, tone as far as like who the characters were going into the movie where I absolutely thought to myself like, oh, this is going to be so tame. It's uh-huh. going to be so tame because because children are actually involved in this one. And so I'm like, I, you know, mo- most horror guys don't have the balls to, to torture and kill children. Uh, in, in, and, and that's, you know, understandably why. You know, right. You know. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that necessarily that it's it's uh it gets like too cringy but uh it does it it does kind of like push the envelope uh beyond the where i thought they were actually going to go with it so okay uh, i i like that about it and i kind of think in a way evil dead 2 is like that too because if you if for someone who goes into evil dead 2 not knowing anything you're going to think that like oh this movie's going to suck because it's just him and his girlfriend yeah. in the beginning, right? Yeah. And now she's dead, right? And she's gonna she's gonna come back as like a monster or a demon or something. And they're like, there's only one guy here, right? Yeah. Like, and obviously he's not going to die, right? So what is, what is this? And, and you spend you spend like half about? an hour, you spend like half an hour with him, you know? Yeah. And then then you realize like, oh wait, the dead meat is on their way. Yeah. They're in the car. <laughs> they're on their way. Wait, yeah. You have to bring in some dead meat, right? The red, the red shirts, the red shirts are coming. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas Evil Dead One, like they're already, they're all there, they're yeah. ready to go. You know, yeah. so I, I, it was just like that's an interesting like contrast between the first movie, the second movie. It's just like they're like, oh, it's just just him. Like, yeah. Where who, who's going to die in this one? I don't know. Oh man, I saw. I had, a, I had a co-worker who's a degenerate gambler. Holy <laughs> shit. He, he said he, and he was in Vegas a couple years ago, and he saw The Evil Dead, the musical. Okay. <laughs> and then I found it on YouTube, and it's awesome. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I went, we went and saw that when it was here in Chicago. Yeah, nice. hell yeah. It was good. It, I didn't see the whole thing, of course, because it was just today that I found it. But but like what I saw was just fantastic. It was really <laughs> funny. It was like... Corey it was kind of like like a defiance comedy, like your your old comedy group. Mm-hmm. It's like they it was as though they made a musical about the Evil Dead. It was cool. Nice. It is. It is very cool. Uh, we we didn't sit close enough to get splattered. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There's a whole splash zone. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they give you like yeah. white t-shirts or something like that. That's what my coworker told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, because that more than anything else with the Evil Dead franchise. It it has it has made its name as being like blo- this like this is a bloody affair. Yeah, like we're we're going to shoot more blood than any other movie franchise. Like we're just it's just going to be insane. And <laughs> fuck fuck the CGI shit. This is this is this is real wetness. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is practical wetness. Right. That that's that's the name of this episode. Practical wetness. <laughs> practical yeah, dude. Wetness. You just coined something really cool, dude. I'm serious. I do, practical yeah. Wetness. Practical yeah. wetness. Oh, yeah, I do like that term. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's when you're when you're younger, when you're younger, it's all about that practical wetness. All, when yeah. you get a little older, <laughs> when you get older, you you might need a little help from the yeah the bedside. You need bedside some artificial. Door. You might need some artificial yeah. wetness. Yeah. Yeah, you might, you might need a little help. But <laughs> hey, guys, I need to go vacuum seal some food. I'll be right back. But so you said you haven't seen the Ash Ash vs Evil Dead. Um, 
So I highly recommend that too. It mm-hmm. it got cut short before they could finish it. Okay. Uh, I always I always hate that. I hate when yeah. I hate when they they don't tell a show that this is going to be the end. Like they they leave them they leave them like in this limbo, and so they're like, well, let's let's you know, we'll this we're in the season. We'll end the season with maybe a little thing. That that could expand onto the next season, yeah. And then they then they fucking they give it the axe or they give it the chainsaw, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. What before, what, they, before what, they get a chance to finish the story? Yeah. What, what was it like? Three or four seasons? Three, three, three seasons. seasons. Yeah. Three seasons. But it's it's very fun. It's very cool. Uh, it's on stars, uh, or it was on stars. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it it was a it was a great addition to the to the whole. Evil Dead theme, and it, it's bloody, and they get away with a lot of shit. And there's, you know, there's a lot of f bombs. Uh, Lu- <laughs> Lucy Lawless uh, is in it, which is cool because yeah, they, she's you know, they, great. They work together. They work together back in the day on on Xena. Yeah, and uh, it, something I recently I just learned is uh, of of those of those three those three guys Bruce Campbell, uh, Sam Raimi, and Rob Tapper, the three friends who have like they've been best friends since high school, and. They've worked on everything together, uh, and Rob Tapper became a producer uh, on Hercules and Xena. Uh-huh. And these these guys these guys were just like weirdos, just the <laughs> the nerdiest weirdos from suburban Detroit, trying to make trying to make bad movies, and just you know just being these like loser guys. And Rob Tapper goes off and marries Lucy Lawless, and I was like. <laughs> Good for you. And I, I I just learned this that they they have been married for quite a while. Huh. And uh and yeah they met on the you know they met during Xena years and I was just, I yeah. was like I was like this 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 nerdy loser producer comes down to New Zealand <laughs> and and you know catches catches the eye of of, the, of Xena of, of Lucy Lawless. Who's, beautiful fucking warrior princess. Right, yeah. who's like a true, like this gorgeous Amazonian. And look, if, if you guys, if you guys are unaware, my mom, my mom is gay. So Xena, Xena was on in my household all the time. There was, there yeah. was never, there was never a time in my house where Xena was not on a television. So yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, no, no, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Just drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. But, but as <laughs> But back to Ash, Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's, Sorry, it's that is such I, I, a, a funny observation, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But, uh, it's just true. And and Bruce has Bruce has said that he he he's got no regrets about Ash Ash versus Evil Dead getting canceled because it lasted three seasons. And as you might, if you know anything about Bruce Campbell's uh, past uh, shows, where he got to play the lead. Uh, no show that he ever did made it past one season. So, oh, you know, yeah, Briscoe, Briscoe County Jr. and Jack of All Trades, <laughs> and and both canceled after one season. So, you know, and, wow. and, and Burn Notice, he wasn't the lead. Okay, so. Bert, yeah, Burn Notice being because I actually I read a little bit about it went it went over a hundred episodes I think and. I, you know, I didn't realize what it was about until I read it because burn notice, I don't know, in my head, I was thinking like firefighters or something like that. 
And then I didn't realize <laughs> yeah, what it, that would make sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize what it was really about until recently. You know? Yeah, the spy show. Yeah, and I, I watched the whole first season because I wanted to. I, uh, Bruce Campbell, I'm a huge fan. I wanted to see what he contributed to the show. So I watched. I watched the first season. I may have gotten into the second season before I, I tapped out. But it's okay. It's like it's a little MacGyverish. It's yeah. kind of MacGyver meets Mission Impossible. Um. But yeah, he just he kind of plays he plays like an ex an ex military guy who's sort of like he's kind of he's kind of the drunk on the show and he's <laughs> like the comedy relief. He, he's let himself go. Nice. But that's uh, fun. Inter- interesting story though when he was negotiating for a better contract because he felt like he wasn't he wasn't getting paid what he he thought he should. Uh, he was trying to renegotiate his contract after like the third season or something like that. And uh, they kept they kept giving him the runaround, but in the end, part of part of uh, the, the studio trying to you know sate his his demands was that they gave him a spinoff movie that was like the origin of his character on that oh, show. Wait, so a spinoff movie from Burn Notice? Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's called, it's called The Fall of Sam Axe. That's his name. <laughs> that's that's character. That's uh, awesome. Even though. It's Sam Max, not Sam Chainsaw, which right. you know would right. I mean, right, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so they gave him they gave him his own spinoff movie where it kind of goes back and shows shows like the the origin of the character. And because because this is back during when he was still a soldier, he had to like lose all of this weight that that his his like character that had just let himself go, you know, for the for the show. It's like, well, you're gonna have to like lose weight and tone up your muscles now because this is you're playing a younger version of yourself right he's like oh shit. <laughs> damn it what i get myself into yeah and they filmed the whole like the the storyline was supposed to be in in columbia that's where the the script was set and he's like surely they're not going to film it in columbia they sure did they flew him all down to bogota <laughs> and actually filmed the movie in columbia and he said that was like a crazy experience because <laughs> at that time there are just like there are like guys with automatic machine guns just standing around everywhere, just guarding guarding every business, guarding every building with automatic machine guns. So it was kind of crazy. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah, <laughs> like I like I said, he's got some great stories. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> well, I wanted to to just real quickly mention just because I this again interested me in the origin of these movies and uh, the fact that I'm 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 a huge Stephen King fan. And I guess I never realized how much he had to do with the Evil Dead and the fact that he gave uh, a glowing review to the first movie and then the fact that he brought Dino De Laurentiis to the second movie and basically got them funding to do Evil Dead 2. I had no idea, you know, and and I guess Dino De Laurentiis even offered Sam Raimi. He wanted him to direct uh, an adaptation of Stephen King's story Thinner, which I guess Sam Raimi was like, no, 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 I'm more interested in doing evil dead 2 which i guess he uh, i also found this interesting that sam raimi wanted evil dead 2 to be basically army of darkness he wanted to do the medieval uh that whole thing with evil dead 2 and dino was like oh i'm I'm gonna give you 3.6 million maybe maybe let's just remake (laughs) the first evil dead movie let's let's Uh, not let's not you know get ahead of ourselves here (laughs) oh that's interesting Uh, another uh interesting i learned about like Get, wanting to do something but had to do something else is that Sam Raimi around the same time maybe after, like right after Evil Dead 2 
Sam Raimi really wanted to do The Shadow. Like he he oh. loved he loved that, and he he found out that that was being talked about and some scripts were being circulated, and so he really wanted to do that. And the studio didn't like any of his ideas that that he had for it, uh-huh. and so they they passed on him. And he said, "Well, fuck that! I'm going to go make my own superhero movie." And that's when he that's why he did Darkman. Darkman. Oh, interesting. That's right. So, well, and yeah, that's so Darkman came about because he couldn't do the shadow. And that's interesting. You know the the shadow yeah, in itself. Darkman. Yeah, <laughs> and and I I like I I mean I would say that I. If I had to rewatch a movie, I would rewatch Darkman over The Shadow any day. Yeah. Well, and so. that's, that's interesting because for some in my mind, these two movies, like, they were on HBO a lot and they were both superhero movies before, we, you know, Superman was out, Batman was out, but we really didn't have a lot of superhero movies. And I feel like I saw The Shadow a lot on HBO and I also saw The Phantom a lot. Which, oh, yeah. which was funny because Bruce Campbell mentions a story where he uh, the role for the Phantom was down to him and Billy Zane. He's talking about, and then yeah. ob- obviously Billy Zane got it, but yeah. And then of course the Phantom flopped, right? So Bruce Bruce was like, "I'm fine with that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Billy Zane. <laughs> I want one other thing. I want to, and I man, I feel like we could do a whole other episode like on the details of the movie. There's so much to talk about here, but. One thing I thought was interesting was so apparently in the the uh, Wes Craven's movie The Hills Have Eyes, there's a torn Jaws poster, right? The the movie Jaws, and they, there's a, the poster's torn. And then in the first Evil Dead movie, there's a torn poster of The Hills Have Eyes, kind of nodding to The Hills Have Eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So then yeah. in the in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, a character, oh, what's a character? It's played by Heather uh, Langen field legging camp like the main woman from the first nightmare on elm street but she falls asleep watching the evil dead in the first nightmare on elm street movie so then in this movie evil dead 2 apparently one of their special effects guys was working on i think it's the third nightmare on elm street movie dream warriors or whatever it was but he snatched one of uh, he snatched one of freddy's gloves like the knife yeah. glove and so they hit it on the set of evil dead 2 you can see it in a couple different shots you can see it in the basement in one shot and you can see it in the work shed in another shot. So I I don't know. I just thought that was a pretty like fun like back and forth of like Wes Craven and and Sam Raimi like paying homage to each other. You know, that's cool. Going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, uh, things about uh, Evil Dead. I mean, we we haven't talked about it yet, but the Necronomicon. I I didn't even know what the Necronomicon was. And I love the fact that the Evil Dead series has has basically created this whole mythology behind it. And I know I know that they're they're not the first people that they didn't you know they didn't come up with the Necronomicon. Right. That's something that's I, I think, yeah, I think it's time. mentioned in Lovecraft, yeah. Yeah. But they they basically kind of like pushed it into into this this new sort of like cultural mythos about it, you know? Yeah. And I and I I love that. Like the Necronomicon is like, it's like a, a, a special like item you would get in a in a game. You know, <laughs> you would pull yeah. the Necronomicon card, and everyone would be like, "Fuck yeah, we got this shit." Yeah, you know, no one could, and no one can stop you. Right. Well, it's yeah, and it's I mean, it's bound in human skin. It's got this like yeah. tortured face on the cover. Like it's so yeah. evocative as like as just an item. You know, like. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and and like in the in the new movie Evil Dead Rises, they kind of it's a there's a new there's a new play on the on the Necronomicon. It, what is it? Uh, is it like a a Kindle bound in human skin? Yeah. <laughs> and it's got like Nicolas Cage's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. <ridiculous. laughs> oh my God! Has anyone ever photoshopped Nicolas Cage's face on the Necronomicon yet? I, I don't. They <laughs> should. Oh my God! I think you you just you just you created a new meme, Brent. You need to get on that shit. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I love I love how yeah the whole story centers around this you know the Necronomicon and no one no one ever really talks about like it you know it's called the Book of the Dead but it's it's so I love how it's just kind of like the whole idea of the Deadites and the evil it's all sort of like it's very fluid like it's not quite hell no one really says it's yeah. hell people say that it's from another you know they're from another world yeah. or you know another realm or something and yeah. are are some of them dead like i know that some people die some people get possessed mm-hmm. and then there are just things that like just come from that world that were never human in the first place yeah it's so, I, I, it's, all, it's it's very uh, yeah i find it very lovecraftian like oh, and like uh you know like event horizon you know like it's a is it hell or is it another dimension or yeah it's very nebulous yeah i like that about it yeah but well all right i i feel like i could talk about this movie i would love to talk about this movie for another hour or two but i do want to wrap up here uh i don't i feel i feel like we talked more about bruce campbell's career yeah he actually talked about this movie that's fine that's the way these things go sometimes you know but i do want to mention i read that the rat in the cellar in the fruit cellar uh I guess the crew's nickname for the rat was Senor Cajones. For... <laughs> was it because he did, cool. did, he have, did he have huge rat balls? Pro- probably had massive <laughs> testicles, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> Knowing rats. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but do y'all have a headcanon you want to dive into, or I can go first? Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So my... My head canon would be kind of a sequel, maybe kind of a sidequel to the Evil Dead Two, and it revolves around a deleted scene that we did not get to see. But you know, Linda's decapitated head bites Bruce Campbell's hand, and that's what causes it to like get possessed, like Idle Hands murder hand. You know, he has to chop it off. So in my mind, there was another scene we didn't get to see, but she also bites him on the dick, and so he's got to he's got to cut his junk off, right? So then there's a whole other sequel where uh, Bruce Campbell's severed penis and balls are just wreaking havoc, terrorizing this town uh, as as a as a little uh, as a little wiener de- uh, demon. So that's my headcanon. And it gets, it gets burst through the portal and it wears like a medieval helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. I think I would say that uh, the uh, there's one thing that I was about to say. I, I now I remember it was that Bruce said that even though Stephen King was um, such a big part of helping you know helping these movies get launched, you know, by word of mouth or you know whatever support he could give. Bruce, are you still there? Did you, Brent, can you hear him? No, Mike. I think you froze. Totally frozen. <laughs> Frozone. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter was Scarlett was watching The Incredibles two earlier. 
<laughs> I think it's the best name for a character. Yeah, oh yeah, Fro- Oh dude, we watched uh we t- I took my kids to see um oh, the Super Mario Brothers movie the other day. Yeah, is that good? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of, for a kids Hell movie. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But um there was a preview for the new Trolls movie. Oh, cool. Okay. Those and, are good movies. And well, and that, their their new movie is about a like a boy band getting together yeah. like 20 years later, right? Okay. So it's like the main yeah. character's brother comes back and they're like getting the boy band all back together, right? The name of the boy band is Brozone. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> the exact premise and and everything of our sitcom that we did. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Brent, do you want to go and give your head cannon in case we don't yeah, get Mike? Going. Yeah, I don't know if we get like... I don't know if we're going to get Mike back. Okay, I had the idea of at the very end the portal opens up and Bruce Ash gets, he gets sucked through, but it's a portal into Sam Raimi's brain. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> it's like being, yeah, he, being Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah. Being, yeah. Like being Sam Raimi. <laughs> and he gets to watch like the subsequent movies and TV show, like be made. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'd say maybe. Mike, what's yours? My... Well, I have this idea. <laughs> yeah, for our listeners at home, Mike is gone. We don't know where <laughs> he he's disappeared into a vortex. He went back to medieval times. <laughs> we don't know where he went. Uh, <laughs> but who was, uh, the, who was the guest that I was thinking? I was thinking about him the other day that had like a tornado warning. Oh, uh, the... oh, that's my buddy. I was in a sketch group with uh, a, yeah. a, a guy named Chris Terry, and. Chris Terry. Yeah, and he's yeah. yeah one of my friends from. He's Chicago. the one, he's the only person to be the closest to getting sucked up into a vortex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he almost did. <laughs> All, right. All right, well, should let, we call it quits? Yeah, yeah, one second, let me sign off here. Okay, I'll just go ahead and record this now since since I'm releasing this in a couple days. All right, so yeah, so this is our hundredth episode. So for everyone listening right now, we're gonna do a new thing where. We're going to start releasing episodes every two weeks. You know, it's a lot of lot of time, a lot of energy to record every yeah. week, to put an episode out every week. So starting this week, we're going to put out an episode every two weeks. So in two weeks from now, we're going to be doing our episode on 2016's South Korean film, The Wailing. So be sure to check that out. And you can always follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon <laughs> Podcast, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod. And you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. <laughs> I have never seen you record this before. This, yeah. this is good. I'm doing. You a- should leave this in too, or I'm I'm seeing the how the how the how the fudge is made. <laughs> yeah, normally, yeah, normally this gets said when I'm editing the episode, but but fuck it, I'll just do it right now. I'll do it live, so yeah. make it a little easier to edit this episode. Hell yeah! Happy 100th episode, Corey. Yeah, happy 100th episode, man. It's been it's been a blast. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. It, it feels like a cool accomplishment. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, cool. All right, yeah. man. Well, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. And uh, thank you, everyone at home, for listening. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs> Is Mike back? <laughs> He's back. <laughs> I, heard just... I heard it. As soon as, as soon as it reconnected, I heard you saying that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, well I've got I've to gotta leave this in now. Mike. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Do you have a, a, a yeah. Uh, 
a postscript did, did, taken. I, I I actually went through the whole thing before I realized that I, you guys were frozen. I don't I don't know. Did you hear any of it at all? No, no. we just we just heard you say you, no. you, we we heard the preamble and then you were like and Bruce said, and then you froze. <laughs> Bruce said that he's never met Stephen King. Oh, and he he's. Yes, he's he's never met Stephen King even to this day, and I'm I and he really wants to, and my whole thing was like I, it would be great if the they made another Evil Dead movie and both of those guys got to do a cameo and the first time they get to meet is on the set of a Evil Dead movie. Oh, that'd be so great. That was it. That yeah. was no, that's fantastic, and that that's wild that Bruce Campbell's never gotten to meet Stephen King. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, hey. Uh, Cool. See you guys later. Yeah. Oh, hey, and Mike, <laughs> uh, Mike, I'll see you Thursday. We'll we'll check out a show, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll okay. do that. I'll, I'll be in touch. Okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank, thanks for having me on. Nothing to plug. You're welcome, dude. Yeah, happy 100th episode, guys. See you. Happy 100th episode. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs>